Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Roz, here at the opening line on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? If so, it's time to get started. Let's go. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. What's up? What's up, everybody? This is the opening line with your host, Wits and Roz. We are back. I'm enjoying a nice, sunny, beautiful day here in the lovely state of California. Whereas, Wits, I'm curious, how's everything going in Chicago? Uh, not great, Bob. Not great. We've not got great rain great, today, Thursday, Friday, Saturday with the side of thunderstorms. So we're getting we're getting both. We get the thunder and the lightning. Uh, uh, dude, so- I don't I don't think that putting thunderstorms is a side there. I wouldn't call thunderstorms the mashed potatoes to your turkey. Like rain's kind of like rain's your drink, and then the thunderstorm and lightning are kind of like entrees. Whatever it is, I'm not eating it. I'm pissed off. But one thing I'm not pissed off about is the new slogan that I'm living my life to, thanks to Kawhi Leonard, it's the board man gets paid. Great, great, great job by the Toronto Raptors taking home the NBA Finals. And, Roz, every time we get something absurdly wrong on the show, we're the first ones to come out and say that we were wrong. And I was about to say, there better be an apology coming. No, this, this, is, a, this is Wits' apology tour. I was completely wrong on the Toronto Raptors. The Warriors did not get it done. This, the series was over in six games, but it was the wrong team. Um, it was the Raptors. And, Roz, I know we're going to talk. We're going to break down the entire series. Um, but congratulations. First time in 24 years that the Toronto Raptors are hosting the NBA championship trophy. And, you know, you look at that game six. I mean, we had 22-plus points from four different players. 26 from Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry. It was it was an unbelievable effort, and I know the Warriors had a couple big injuries there down the stretch. But Toronto, what a season by a rookie head coach, by a first-time player on the team, by the GM of the Raptors. This was this was the perfect storm, and I think this is what the NBA needed: dethroning the champion, the dynasty, and things are a little bit murky in Golden State now with. Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson likely being out the entirety of next year. Yeah, it's going to be really tough. But like you said, we are on the apology tour. And since this is really going to be the only tour going on for the rest of the sports summer, since sports is entering its abyss, I'll start it off. I apologize, Toronto. I am not going to jump the gun on the entire city of Toronto ever again. In fact, I will give you guys the first shot to sign Kawhi Leonard this offseason when free agency hits. And until he leaves elsewhere, I think you guys are still going to be the front runner for next year's NBA championship. But yeah, it was a it was a crazy series. I'm not going to take away anything from 
the Raptors. They won that series fair and square. I know there were injuries, but again, Clay Thompson going out at the end of the third quarter, that is that's impactful in that game. But he was there for the majority of the series, and that is a team that has once won an NBA title before. So I can't take it away. I think the Raptors are very deserving of this title. They had an awesome parade led by Drake. I know there was some stuff that happened towards the end of the parade, which we don't condone. No gun violence here on the opening line. But the Raptors are going to be your defending champion up until next June. But for now, we've got the draft tomorrow, which is going to be exciting for, I think, the first four picks. And then and I really don't care. Although this Darius Garland guy supposedly is going to be the next big thing, Kyrie Irving-esque. And he could be a Chicago Bullwit, so that could be good for you. Um as we enter free agency, I know you got a couple more things you want to say about the Raptors, so I'm going to let you do that real quick. But is there any glaring thoughts you have about either one of these teams headed into free agency after this finals matchup? Mm, well, I, I think the Warriors are going to have a tough go at it. Um, you look at whether they re-sign Clay. I know that he wants to stay there. But this is just its a tough situation with a guy who's going to be hurt you know, most of next year. Yeah, but, you know, I think they will end up signing Klay Thompson. Um, KD, different story. You know, I was never big into the, you know, trade, money, free agency, figuring out where guys are going to go because I'm just not very good at, you know, looking at the next step. I like to analyze games, and that's about it. Um, but I do think KD will go somewhere else, maybe New York, maybe the Knicks. Um, then looking at the Raptors, I would think that Kawhi might want to go back there and maybe sign, like, another one-year deal. But that's just me. You know, he just won a championship. He's a star of that city. Um, but I do hear a lot of talks about him maybe pursuing the Clippers. So I just don't want him going to the Lakers. That's my only thing. Um, Anthony Davis trade really pissed me off. But I think LeBron is still going to need another piece for them to win a title over there. But looking at these two teams, um, I'd say they're both maybe in a little bit of trouble right now. I think the Warriors are going to compete no matter what. But only having Steph and Draymond for sure right now is, you know, the top two players on that team. Uh, they're they're not going to be as good as they were this year. And then looking at the Raptors, um, I think they got a lot of great pieces, but Kawhi Leonard was the bread and butter to that team and the reason why they won the NBA championship. So if they can sign him back, you know, to a one-year deal, I think that'd be great for them. I don't see him signing long-term uh, back with the Raptors, but I have been wrong before. I was wrong about the Raptors winning the ship. So we'll see where it goes from here. But I think both these teams, uh, they're in a little bit of trouble going into next year. Right. So it sounds like your Trouble meter is uh, pretty high for both of them. I, I've heard it makes sense for Kawhi to go back for a year just in terms of money sakes. He wouldn't make as much money leaving this year as he could next year if he took another one-year deal. Um, what else does Toronto have to offer for him? You know, and not... And I didn't mean in order for him to stay, but, like, they have given him everything. The team played well around him. The coach coached him in the best fashion possible. The city has just poured its heart and soul out for Kawhi Leonard. It's almost like Toronto can't give any more to Kawhi Leonard. I think it'd be cool if he stayed. I mean, you had this phone conversation about the diversity this time around in the NBA. And we haven't seen this in a long, long time. I mean, teams around the league, everyone seems to have a shot all of a sudden. And I'm not saying like the Grizzlies who just traded Mike Connolly away today are going to be in the running. But I really think that we're going to see more teams with an opportunity to compete come the postseason. In fact, I think it'll be for better series. I think we'll have better outcomes. Uh, 
we obviously don't know where Ky- Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, all those guys are going to go. But as of right now, finishing your statement, I th- it would be best, in my opinion, for Kawhi to stay with the Toronto Raptors. I think that's the best team out there available. But again, he is a once-in-a-generation player. So if he were to go to the Clippers where people think he's going to land, again, they're probably primed to make a championship run themselves. Yeah, and you look at a guy like Kawhi, I mean, I think to win an NBA championship, you need you need a superstar player like a Kawhi Leonard, like a LeBron James, like a Steph Curry, like a Kevin Durant. You know, I think there's probably six or seven guys in the league right now I would put into that tier of players. So wherever Kawhi goes, it's going to be trouble um, for all those other teams because, I mean, he just showed us so much this season. And I was... I was a huge Kawhi fan, then I wasn't because that whole thing with the Spurs just rubbed me the wrong way. Not to say that I knew any bit of the story, but I just didn't like the way it played out. Um, But what he did with the Raptors this year was unbelievable. And what you were saying just about how the whole team played well around him, you know, I want to play a little clip talking about that, that saying the board man gets paid. I think this is a perfect example of Kawhi Leonard as a guy who's not very outspoken, doesn't say much. Um, but going back to his high school, college days, this is a little interview from a couple weeks ago. Uh, so I want to play it for you guys here. You are aware that your catchphrase, the board man gets paid, uh, is going very viral uh, right now. And we just wanted to confirm, is that actually something that you said? Uh, I used to say that back when I was in high school and college, um, you know, just wanting to get to this, to this league. Um, just, it's, it's about, you know, working hard, basically, um, Outworking an opponent, you know, rebounds help you win games, big rebounds, offensive rebounds, um, limiting the team to one shot. And, you know, um, that used to be our motto. Um, just, you know, some of us that were in college that was trying to get to this point. I know you're not. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that really just describes, I think, Kawhi's game. I mean, we've always talked about him as, you know, the best two-way player in the league looking at offense and defense. But I think right now you could definitely make a case that he's the best player in the league. And Roz, I think I'm just going to just go about my daily life and just start saying that to people when I do something good or I'm working hard. You know, hey, good day at the office, Wits. Hey, board band gets paid. Nobody's going to know what it means, but it's right, just such a great some thing. Some can interpret it that they're just bored. We're not talking about going up and getting them boards, but I mean, just listening to Kawhi Leonard's voice, I you woke me up when you said my name there. I took a quick nap. He is one of the most boring sounding human beings of all time. It's a good thing he's getting paid and plays the way he does because he has no entertainment value at all. But, like you said, great two-way player, and uh, I'm not going to follow suit with you, but I'm excited to see what people say to you when you when you bring the board man gets paid to the office. <laughs> I, I think I think people are going to love it once they finally figure out what it means. Um, but, you know, also looking at Game 6, Kyle Lowry, I thought, you know, played fantastic, um, dropped 10 dimes, 16 plus minus rating. Uh, Pascal Siakam, you know, at 10 rebounds, hit 10 of 17 shots. I mean, this is really an unbelievable game by them. And I thought, you know, if they weren't going to get game six, I thought they were going to be in a lot of trouble, even being at home. Um, So just overall by the Raptors, what a season. And like you said, I think this is paving the way for a better NBA, just a better future in the NBA, because we've had five years of, was essentially a super team and then added Kevin Durant and they were just essentially unstoppable. Um, and now I think as we see the talent try to sp- try to spread out a little bit, you know, I'm not saying that we're, we're sharing the love with the entire league, 
but I think there should be a few more teams, you know, up for that competition of winning the NBA title. Uh, but Roz, I want to get your thoughts on Anthony Davis going to the Lakers. I mean, I thought this was an unbelievable deal for the Pelicans. I thought they they brought back just a chest of gold in their rebuild here. But is Anthony Davis by himself enough for the Lakers to win a title here with LeBron in L.A.? Uh, no, but they're contending. I mean, I'm not saying that these two couldn't win it, but I just don't think this is like the foregone conclusion you had when KD went to the Warriors. I think they're in some they're in great shape. I think this is one of the better players you can pair them with. And you forget, I mean, it's not July 6th yet where Jimmy Butler becomes available. Uh, we have Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, who I don't think is going to pair up with these guys. That just doesn't seem like his M.O., um, but they're in good shape, and I understand where you see it as a good trade for the Pelicans. It depends on what the Pelicans make of it going forward. I mean, they're really lucky that Zion Williamson is coming out in this year's draft because if you remember, the last time we saw the 1-4 held by the same team, that was the year that the, that the Cavs drafted Tristan Thompson behind Kyrie Irving. Now, that was an awesome Awesome pick with Kyrie Irving, but you see them make a horrible pick with Tristan Thompson. And I'm I'm not saying the jury's out on him, but I am going to say the jury's out. Tristan Thompson, kind of a lug. There's not a whole lot he's going to offer to a championship team. So moving forward, they don't have either of those picks anymore. Could that happen with the Pelicans? Yes, but it's really going to be how they develop their team and can they keep this team camaraderie, maybe keep Zion longer than they kept Anthony Davis and turn themselves into a franchise um, maybe even do a dynasty down the line. I also just don't think Lonzo Ball or Ingram have the talent. And you can battle me on that, but I don't think either of them are panning out to be the two. They're both actually the number two picks in their draft, respective draft classes. They're not that level. They really aren't. I don't care what LeVar Ball says. I don't care what I initially thought about Ingram being like the potential next KD. Those two guys aren't going to help you win a championship. It's really going to have to be on Zion, and they're really going to need a good pick at four. I don't know who you think they might be taking it for. Um, I'm seeing a lot of different players. I mean, I've seen DeAndre Hunter, who me and you say could be the next best two-way player. Um, we had that conversation a while ago. But I don't know what's got you hyped about the Pelicans. I think the Lakers made like bandits here because who needs draft picks in the NBA? They almost always fail. I mean, there's two players per draft you can see in the like all-star game years to come. I don't know. I'm more on the favor of the Lakers here. This is a deal that had to get done. Try to sway me the other way. I mean, if I can't sway you by the three first-round picks and three guys who are, you know, they're not great players, but they might play a piece in the rebuild, getting rid of a guy who wasn't happy, I mean, I don't know what more that you want from me. Um, but, I mean, the Pelicans needed to get rid of Anthony Davis, and – they did exactly that, and they got back a haul for him. I mean, say what you want about Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, but this team isn't going to compete next year or the year after. So if one of those guys can develop into a decent player, they do have the number one pick in Zion. And you know who they take it for, whether it be Jared Culver, whether it be DeAndre Hunter, I mean, this is a team a few years down the road that might be the next up-and-coming version of a team that can win an NBA title. I mean, they're not close right now, but you know they knew they weren't going to be close when Anthony Davis wanted out, when DeMarcus Cousins got hurt a couple years ago. So, you know what, I love the deal for the Pelicans, and I think for the Lakers, I mean, it just needed to be done. They needed to get another player to pair up with LeBron. But going back to my original point, I don't think it's enough right now because we saw what the Lakers tried to do this year with LeBron, signing all these 
big names, but not really great players to fit around a guy like LeBron James. Really no shooters. Um, and I know LeBron was hurt, but this team struggled all year. And Anthony Davis is a great player, but give me LeBron and Anthony Davis. That's not, I'm not really giving the ball to either of those guys to, you know, knock down shots all year. Um, you know, like a Steph Curry, Clay Thompson duo that has taken over the NBA over the past five years. So I think they do need some shooters. They do need some other players. I mean, Kyle Kuzma, I think is, you know, a great piece on that team, but right now, that alone, you just said that was the big win of the whole trade. They were battling for six months over that, and they were able to keep the one guy they wanted to keep in Kyle Kuzma. So I think the Lakers won that even more now that you brought that back up. I mean, can't both teams win, Ross? Uh, well, I, they win if Zion stays. That's my If Zion turns into the next Damian Lillard. And just not in terms of just play okay. style, but like wants to stay there. How, how can you say that when Zion wasn't even part of the trade? I'm just talking about the straight up trade. I think both teams can win, and I think both teams did. Well, but tr- you have to think about it. they tr- obviously they're trying to get assets back for Anthony Davis, but they also made that trade because they realize they're getting a once in a generation player in Zion, and they don't really need Anthony Davis anymore at this point. So they're just kind of shelling him off and. To me, it really is all on Zion for this Pelicans team. I don't think this trade switches up either way. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes you're just hard to argue with, but I, let's I, move on. I, to I mean, it's fair. Fine, move on and tell me where you think some of these other players are going to be plugged into. I mean, we heard Kemba initially wants to stay in Charlotte, but now with the, the move of Anthony Davis, there's talks that the Lakers are pursuing him. There's the talks about Kyrie to the Lakers, which – would just be the biggest slap in the face to the Cleveland Cavaliers of all time. You got Jimmy Butler, J.J. Reddick's available. There's a shooter that I think will get paired up in L.A. Where do you think some of these big-time players are going to go? And also keep in mind Chris Middleton just uh, declined his players deal with the Milwaukee Bucks today. Yeah, I was a little surprised about that. Um, I thought he played a, a big role on that Bucks team this year. Well, I think right, right now I think you could make an argument that they you know, could be favored to win the NBA title. Um, Chris Middleton was a big piece on that team, so I'm a little surprised. But I think, Roz, you bring up an interesting guy, J.J. Redick. Um, a lot of talk about Kemba Walker maybe going to L.A., but I think a guy like J.J. Redick might end up on the Lakers, and that I think that would be a big addition to that team. I think he could help out in a lot of ways, mostly shooting the rock. So I think Redick might end up in Los Angeles. Where do you think he's going to go? Hey, he's played in Los Angeles before, just not for the purple and gold. I like that. I don't know what money is going to be like for the Lakers. Obviously, if they sign a Kemba or a Kyrie, they don't have the financial means to sign somebody like J.J. Redick. You'd see somebody like Trevor Ariza maybe come over. He's a guy with a nice jump shot. Um, I think Redick potentially stays in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, that's the interesting part about this team. They've got their supposed two superstars in Embiid and Simmons. I mean, if Butler goes, Butler goes. He's been like a traveling road show. So it's not like he was there for the long haul. They're going to try to sign back Tobias Harris again, another key cog to that team, I think, moving forward. A guy who could actually replace Jimmy Butler and help fill in the role that Jimmy Butler was attempting to be in the 76ers uh, organization. I think J.J. Redick stays. I think that'd be a good move for him. I mean, you could also see J.J. Redick going to the Bucks, maybe Toronto. Uh, going to any real contender, if, especially if you think he doesn't want to go back west because the west is loaded and stacked. Um, I mean, we haven't even talked about the Houston Rockets in weeks, but that's that was the number two team in the Western Conference. It's almost like we forgot about them. 
Um, JJ Reddick to me, I think he's going to stay. I think the 76ers team is going to stay put pretty much everybody except for Jimmy Butler. I think Kemba is the big one to watch. I think Kemba and Kyrie, it's going to be a point guard market. I'm not sure where Kyrie goes if it isn't the Nets or the Lakers. Um, and I think Kemba might still stay put and hope that they're able to bring somebody in. Maybe a Jimmy Butler to Charlotte. I mean, somewhat of a Chicago tie there. Michael Jordan, the owner. Jimmy Butler started his career with Chicago. Who knows? Maybe he's able to bring him in. Um, but I think Kemba's the big piece, and the Lakers are really, really going to go dive bombing for him. Um, what do you think about, speaking of trades, since we just glanced over, what do you think about the overhaul of picks and players the Grizzlies just got for Mike Connolly? I was a little surprised. Right? I mean, it was a lot. I, I thought it was a lot. I mean, Mike Conley, I remember a couple of years ago, he signed that deal. It was like the highest paid player in the NBA. And I, I always thought Mike Conley was a little overrated, to be honest with you. And this Hall, you know, especially, he's not exactly young anymore. I think he's a good player. But I thought the Memphis Grizzlies made out pretty decent with this trade, getting, you know, Jay Crowder, Kyle Korver, Grayson Allen. Also, the number 23 pick in the draft tomorrow. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the Utah Jazz were a sneaky, sneaky 50-win team this year. So if we look at, you know, the addition of Mike Connolly to that team, looking at Rudy Gobert, looking at Donovan Mitchell, you know, this Utah team, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with, I think. I don't know if they get over the hump. I don't know if Conley, to me, is... Is not that guy that's going to bring him there. But, you know, I got to give a team credit for going out and shooting their shot, trying to get a player that they think is going to get them to the next level. Um, but I thought the Memphis Grizzlies, I think they did a good job here. I think they got a back a big haul, and, you know, they're a team that's obviously in a rebuild. And I think I, they were happy. I think overrated was a little harsh on your part. I, I don't think he is top three point guards. I think he can fight for the argument for top five. I mean, his stats speak volumes, and you're putting him with Mitchell and Gobert, and it's really contingent on Gobert continuing to be an all-star, although he was snubbed this past season um, from the actual all-star game. I think you're right. The sneaky 50-win team, again, there really is no dominant force in the West right now with all the injuries to Golden State. This is, uh, this is something that is interesting to me. This is a Utah Jazz team that I think makes some noise early next season, actually. I think, obviously, the regular season hasn't really mattered in the years past, but I think it will this year in terms of seeding and where uh, players or where teams are going to end up in the postseason and those matchups moving forward. Uh, Utah, early pick to be uh, the number one seed in the Western Conference. Just going to put it out here, my way too early predi er, predictions here. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think Utah will end up as a three or four seed. Um but, you know, look look at Memphis. I, I got to go back to Memphis here. Looks like they're going to take John Morant as the number two pick and pair him with Jaron Jackson Jr., their first-round pick from last season. Um, so I think, you know, the Grizzlies, you know, I don't we don't like talking about teams that are at the bottom of the barrel here, but I think they're a team in a few years that they might have a pretty bright future. Um, and then going back, you know, Mike Conley, 32 years old, recently missed almost an entire season to injury. So he's not exactly a spring chicken anymore, Ross. Um, so I definitely think, not a spring chicken. Not a spring chicken. I think if I if I remember, he played college ball with Greg Oden, which seems like that was about twenty years ago. Um, so the Utah Jazz are going to need to make it happen. I think within the next two years with this addition of Mike Conley, 
uh, or they're just going to have to ship him out and find somebody else because Donovan Mitchell, I think, is a franchise player, and he, he's great to be paired with Rudy Gobert, you know, one of the best defensive big men in the league right now. So I like the trade for the Grizzlies. I'm so-so with the Jazz, but I think this does catapult them into, you know, one of the top, I'll say top three teams in the West right now. That's fair. I think we're relatively in the same area. Any uh, last NBA thoughts? I mean, we're literally entering our own rehab, in a sense. And the show enters its own rehab. We're entering, like, the no-gamble zone. We do have the PGA Championship left, which me and you are slowly crawling into. We're going to get into this in a second. But any last thoughts about the NBA? I mean, that was our last kind of gambling hoorah when we had the NBA Finals on. Anything you're excited about? Anything you early projections? How about for next year? Yeah, well, I mean, one thing I'm I'm excited about the draft tomorrow. I think there's uh, going to be a couple surprises. I mean, one, two, three, I think are pretty obvious right now. I mean, it looks like you know Williamson, John Morant, and R.J. Barrett. We've been hearing a lot of things out of New York that they really want to take Barrett. But you know, I'm excited about the fourth pick because I don't know whether it's going to be Culver or DeAndre Hunter. Um, Darius Garland, Kobe White, or a couple guys that are up there. So I'm excited to see what the draft brings and how that you know shapes the landscape for some of these other teams. But Roz, you're right. This is a uh, show's rehab time. We need to get you know all detoxed. It's been a it's been a long year of sports, and right now as we head into the dog days of summer, uh, we're stuck with my favorite sport, which is baseball. But you know we're close to fantasy football. That's right around the corner, and then we're just gonna hop right back into it and be full go. 100% foot on the gas for about seven months. So very excited for that. But, yeah, like you said, NBA draft, and that's uh, that's about it. PJ Championship. Um, this yeah. is like the rehab that doesn't work. Like I sit here from June to the beginning of September, maybe even flirt a little bit with pregame football, definitely take futures bets with the NFL. Um, and I guess end of August we get some college football. You get some of those Hawaii games that happen. Um, but yeah, this is the rehab that doesn't work. I'm going to sit here, me and you, let's, let's get into the U S open a little bit since me and you just absolutely shit the bed. We'll be point blank and honest. Uh, it didn't work and we've got the PGA coming up our last shot. We're not going to win our pool. We could win a major. It is, it is individual majors as well as a whole pool. What was your take on the U S open this past weekend? This was, I thought an awesome U S open, um, I mean, first of all, let's give credit to Brooks Kepka for just continuing to be a madman when it comes to finishing at the top of these majors. I mean, it, it looked for a second there on the back nine that he might have been able to make a run at Gary Woodland. He came up a little short, but I mean, birdieing three out of the first, four out of the first five holes, um, Brooks Kepka, this guy is just a man possessed right now. The number one golfer in the world, I think by far. Um, but Gary Woodland, Coming through, winning his first major ever, wire to wire, essentially, you know, finishing 13 under. This was, I mean, it was spectacular. Um, shot two under on the last day, under 70 all four days. And, you know, this was a guy, I think he's, a, I'd say, one of the tour favorites. I mean, he's just a great guy and made a lot of tough shots. That, that chip on 17 when he was on the green, I thought, for the moment and just how much pressure there was surrounding that shot, one of the best shots I think I've ever seen. Um, then he comes up and sinks that 25-foot birdie putt on 18 when he needed to shoot it, you know, six on the hole. It was a very special tournament for him. 
Um, and Justin Rose, once again, craps himself on the final day. So it was really, a, I think, a two-horse race for the back nine between Woodland and Kepka. But I- I'm happy. I'm happy with how it turned out. Gary Woodland, only one guy had him in our pool. Um, so obviously not, not a guy that people were really looking for to win this tournament. But he did it um, and cements himself in golf history. And it was a, it was a great U.S. Open. Right. Cheers to Gary Woodland. But you, you said it instantly. Honestly, Brooks is incredible. Coming in second is almost just as impressive if he were to have won. He is there every time now. And I still don't think he gets the recognition he deserves. I mean, I understand the DJs of the world and the Rorys and the Rickies who just, my God, took my money away from me cold-handed this weekend. But Brooks is not getting that recognition. I think right now he's absolutely the best golfer in the game. And he was right there to take that. I mean, a missed putt on 18 um, and a birdie, obviously, by Woodland, which would have just put it away easily on 18. I don't know, man. I think Brooks, is again, should be the favorite to win the PGA Championship this year. Or not even the PGA Championship. We keep saying the wrong one. The British Open. I'm so used to the PGA Championship being the last one. We got the British Open left, and that's going to be prime pickings for Brooks. I think you should be able to take that one. If not, I'm going to definitely put my early pick in for Justin Rose, who you just shamed on this show. Shame. Shame, 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 shame. shame. But tell me about Ricky and Speed, because Ricky let me down with such an amazing start. I threw all my money at plus 850. That went down the drain fast, day two, and really down the drain day four. And then Speed, again, just a no-show, basically. Finishing plus six on the last day, almost like he didn't want to earn any money. Yeah, I mean, this was kind of, you know, same song, different day for Ricky Fowler. Like you said, it looked like he was in it, and then he ends up, you know, shooting two over or one over on the final day. Um, But coming out hot with a 66 on the first day and then 77 on Friday, um, I don't know, man. I mean, I feel like we talk about the same things with Ricky all the time. He's seems like he's always in contention but just can't seem to get it done and this was this was just more of the same in the US Open so you know I've said this before but he's kind of turning into the new Sergio I mean the best golfer out there who can't win a major and it's not I think not a title that you want to have um, because you're making a lot of noise but you're not really closing and then Jordan Spieth, uh I mean I picked him he was on my team so this this really hurts me that you know, he was two under going in to Saturday and ends up shooting a 76 on Sunday to finish plus six for the tournament. Just another disgusting showing by speed. Just really disappointing that none of these guys can really kick it into gear like Brooks Kepka can, you know, throughout an entire tournament. And speed follower, I mean, I think they need to go back to the drawing board because um, what they're doing right now is not working. And I know that speed is a guy who's been there. He's won majors before, but he hasn't really been close in what I would consider close you know the past few years it seems like so those guys have a lot to work on right now but I do want to talk a little bit more about Gary Woodland a little bit of his history the guy's 35 years old he's been on tour since 2009 so it's been 10 years now you know the guy's earned more than 23 million dollars ranked 25th in the world um only had won one event since 2013 and he was runner-up 10 times but you know, he hasn't played particularly well in the final round of majors or when he's had a 54-hole lead. Um, you know, he's 
been 14 over par in final rounds of major championships since 2017, which ranked 234th out of 236 players going into Sunday. So, you know, the fact that he was able to turn it around, I mean, this is a guy who has the talent, I think, to be at the top. And now that he's won a tournament, you know, Gary Woodland is a name that we could be seeing a lot more of now because it's one thing to be in contention on a major Sunday, you know, in the final round. But it's another thing to actually go out there and win it like Gary did, a guy who didn't really falter in the entire final round. So just huge congratulations to him. It was really fun to watch. And Gary Woodland, guy who bangs the ball, averaging over 309 yards per drive. Uh, He's a guy to look out for now because he could get things rolling. And I don't know, British Open, Gary Woodland back-to-back. That's what I'm hearing right now from the news outlets. Hey man, it's worth a shot. I mean, I got, I've got to pull something out of the bag of tricks for the next major. Got to win some money this summer. Is that will literally be the last of our gambling trends? Um, Wits, any other housekeeping? Like we're we're gonna figure it out for you guys. We get really excited in July. We start breaking down positions for fantasy football, and that's when we come to you guys strong. We've got football palooza. Basically, me and Wits will get you game picks every week. We're going to get you daily fantasy teams and rosters for each week. And we'll get you ready for your fantasy seasons because we believe in league years. I know, Wits, you play daily fantasy. but There's nothing like a good fantasy football league. And we're going to get you ready for that in July. We also have some guests coming up. But, Wits, any housekeeping, anything uh, bothering you these days? Let's, uh, let's get a little Curb Your Enthusiasm moment. I, was like, I like the idea of curbside with Wits. Give me what's going on in the world and what you need fixed. Well, this is something I just noticed yesterday walking out of the health club, and I feel like it's a big issue right now. Just people walking around, I feel like you're taught growing up, you know, like just like you're driving, you get on the right side of the lane. And how many times I run into people who just decide that they want to go to the left, and it just causes major confusion, major backups all over the place. And I feel like you know if everybody goes to the right all the time, then we won't have any problem. So and how I, many people did you run into today? That's my first question here. I ran into two, and two. you know, I'm did you, and did you give a good ship? Or are you when when you go and when you know the head-on is inevitable, and not everybody went right like you want them to do. And trust me, I'm with you. We need to go right in this society. But in LA, it's so jam-packed with people that you're you're running into people regardless of which direction you want to go. How's your shimmy shimmy shake? Do you bump into them, or do you have a good jab step? What do you? How, how's your move when you go head-on? I've got a great move, and I work in an office building where I'm probably one of the younger guys in there, so people aren't moving around too fast. So I've got a great wow. – I'll put my foot in the ground, shimmy to the right, um, and it's just – it's amazing how many times it happens because I feel like everybody – you go to the right. Even when you're rounding a blind corner, as long as you stick to the right side, things are going to be okay. But, you know, you're carrying a coffee. You bump into somebody. Your day's ruined. Um, I think that's just my overall Well, I've take. got three questions about that then. One – do you think you have the best first step in the office? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't think there's anybody in there under the age of 50. So I'm definitely... And are most... you always going right with that first step? No matter... If you're head on, are you still going to try going right? Absolutely, because that's the first thing that comes to my mind. I mean, I just can't... I can't think of anything else because if I, if I go left, then it could be a day ruiner. So I'm always going to the right. And I, I think if everybody just thought that way, things would get done a lot quicker. Two, I'm putting you in Europe. Are you still going right? <laughs> I've never been to Europe. I don't know if they would allow me in there. Uh, but the, the next time I go, 
I will uh, I will let you know how it goes over there. Yeah, because they're on the other side of the street, buddy. So I don't think their your right approach would be right in their society. Um, and then lastly, I honestly I think you just post a sign. Be like, hey, everybody in the hallways coming through doors, just just go to the right. Take take the right side of the road when you're walking by me. And odds are you do that pretty low, but I think that's that's how you start solving a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Just get everybody on board, and then uh, days will go by a little quicker. Things will be a little easier, but. And that's that's all I got for you. Baseball, business as usual. Congrats to CC Sabathia, 250 wins, major milestone there. Um, but yeah, we go into another week and I'm waiting for fantasy football. It's the only yeah. thing I'm fine. I'm holding you back because we're gonna have to do Major League Baseball power rankings next week. Um, but I got to think of a good witch's corner for that one. We'll be back next week, everybody. Hopefully some big sports news will break. Like maybe Michael Phelps is going to try out the NFL this year. Who knows? But until then, it's going to be the abyss of the summer. We're going to try to bring new and creative ideas as well as try to find ways to make you some money. Maybe go to the mini golf course. Gamble with your friends if you're not big enough to go on a real golf course yet. Um, But Wits, any final words? Nope. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe, enjoy the draft, and we'll catch you next week. We'll catch you next week after the draft. I can already tell you I'm going to be a top 10 pick this year. Look out for Ethan Rose going to the Chicago Bulls. Everyone have a great weekend. Go open and live. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.